chapter number 7, and I've entitled the message tonight, Got Wisdom. Now, you remember the old commercial, and I, I don't know if it still airs, the Got Milk commercial? You know, and, and they started doing popular sports figures, and they'd take a drink of milk, and they'd have the milk across their, their, their lip, you know. And, and you know, they, the, the whole slogan was, milk's done this body good, right? Well, you think about a Christian, what will do us all good is wisdom. Uh, every one of us need wisdom. And when I think about this, I, I, I came to this chapter, chapter number seven. I really enjoyed studying this because if, if we value wisdom, then we need to understand that it makes sense to seek the source of wisdom, and that's God. Uh, that's what we need to do. If In my life as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, I need to have wisdom to, to lead my family and to help the church and to really just be the man that God has saved me to be. Look what it says a couple verses here before we get into Ecclesiastes 7, Proverbs 2, 6, for the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 16, 16, how much better is it to get wisdom than what? And gold. I mean, folks, look, you cannot put a price tag on having the wisdom that only God can give. And the Bible says in James chapter 1, if any man, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men. You know, a lot of times people think it's only reserved for certain folks, but the Bible says he's given to all men liberally and abradeth not. In other words, there's no short supply of wisdom that God has for us, but notice, if we ask God, it shall be given him. And folks, look, every one of us, this was my pastor's life verse when I first got saved. He said, he, he wrote that in my Bible when I first got saved, James 1, 5, you know, and he lived by that. He needed wisdom to be the pastor of our church. And listen, it's something that has helped me to understand that I can't get up here in my own strength and in my own wisdom. I need God's help Every one of us do. We need true wisdom, and true wisdom begins and ends with God. That's where wisdom comes from. And so as you look through, we've been just kind of perusing through this series, calling, uh, calling it uh, uh, making uh, decisions that are important decisions, courageous decisions. We get to chapter 7 tonight, and when you get here, Solomon, of course, is the one that we've been uh, focusing around as an individual He's been struggling. If you look at those first six chapters, and I've brought it up a couple times about his life, as he puts it, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, under the sun. In other words, that's where all of us are today, is as we live on this sod, as we're in this world, he talks about the vanity of life, how that it just seems like life is empty, that uh, there's no meaning to it. But when you get to chapter 7, you almost sense that Solomon is, is turning a corner here. He's been struggling with some things, but when you get to chapter 7, 12 times the word wisdom is referred to in this one chapter. And it's interesting, seven times the word better is referred to in this chapter. So really, you think about it, to me, I kind of equate that as the more I use wisdom, the more wisdom that God gives to me, the better my life is, the better I am to be able to help someone else. Uh, for instance, when I got saved, and I'll, I'll, hopefully I think the, the crowd tonight's mature enough to understand this, is you know there, there's a discrepancy among some people nowadays 
that, that you know, you, you don't need to go to Bible college because, you know, you just need to go out. If God calls you to ministry, just go out into the ministry. And I think there's arguments on both sides of that. But when I got saved, I had no background. Now, sometimes maybe people that don't go to Bible college are people that have that got saved at an early age, that have grown up in church, they've been discipled, they've been taught. You know, I didn't have that background. And, and one of the things God impressed upon me and gave me the wisdom to understand was, is that if I was ever going to be able to help others, then I needed to be helped first. I, I needed something for my life. Now listen, not so I could hoard it, but something that I then could take. And that's, that's one of the values of reading your Bible, being in a Bible-believing church, is because we become a conduit that God can, can, can bring stuff in our lives, through our lives, and right out of our lives and into other people's. And God gave me the wisdom to realize, hey, look, I could have gone into ministry. God saved me when I was 30. And I'd been in church for 10 years. I could have just gone straight into the ministry. But listen, I am so glad that I listened to the Lord and God gave me the wisdom to do the things that I did. Now, that's, that was my life. But when I think about what Solomon is talking about here in this chapter is that Solomon needed God's wisdom because he needed to have a different outlook on his own life. Without God's wisdom, we can be certain that life will always be heavier than we really thought it would be or the way it should be. Uh, wisdom tends to make things better in our lives. Wisdom is, Brother Richie, wisdom is knowing what is true, seeing how that truth impacts our lives, and then it's putting that truth into action. Because just to know truth is, is really not the whole goal of the Christian life, is, is we need to see how truth impacts us, then what can I do with it? How can I put it into action? Look, if, if, if we know the Word of God, but we do nothing with it, we're not going to be able to help others. And that's the reason that we need God's wisdom. Wisdom, you know what it does? It leads us to make good decisions. See, when somebody has wisdom from God, they're going to make good decisions. When I see people making what I would call bonehead decisions, I'm thinking to myself, I don't think he used a whole lot of wisdom there. I don't think he used what God had given to him, and we need to use the wisdom that only comes from the Lord. Many times, here's what happens, though, is that when it comes time to make decisions, many times what you see is there's a conflict, and the conflict is between God's wisdom, which where do we find God's wisdom? From the Word of God. There's a conflict between God's wisdom and man's wisdom. And a lot of times what man wants to do is, and that we're all guilty of this, we're, we try to make some sense out of it. Uh, we try to make it to where we can understand it. Listen, if we could understand all of it, we wouldn't need God. And so understand that even wisdom itself is a clear indication that we are to be dependent upon God. We need God's wisdom and again, it's going to help us. Now, a wise person, here's what they do. They'll yield to God's wisdom. Because as a, as a wise person, they realize that God knows better than they do. Now, I, I, it didn't take me long to figure that one out. I mean, I, seriously. I realized early on in my Christian life, God knows a lot more than I do. He knows 
a lot more what's good for me than I do. And so what I need to understand is, is that I need to see what wisdom is. Well, here's a great chapter in the Bible to understand what wisdom is. Solomon gives eight qualities of what wisdom is in this chapter alone. And I want you to look at these, and I've categorized them. So here's the first one is, wisdom, Solomon says, sees farther. Look in chapter 7 and verse number 1. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Now what he's stating here is that what wisdom does is wisdom considers the end from the beginning. Somebody told me a long time ago, they said, people are going to remember two things about you. They're going to remember how you came and how you left. But out of those two things, what they're going to remember the most is how you left. And that's what he's talking about here is when, when death comes, how we use wisdom in our lives is going to make all the difference. And wisdom sees farther. Here's what it does. It filters present decisions, but it filters those present decisions through a longer lens. Look at the verse here and you know it's 1 Peter 2. This is the life that you're living now, all right? Having your conversation, your life, honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, and people don't understand Christianity, they, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, and I, I hope they are, that they would glorify God in the day of visitation. So what wisdom does, Solomon says, wisdom sees farther. It, wisdom wants to celebrate the life, it, 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 wisdom wants to celebrate your life, and that celebration should be greater than your birth. Because look here, when you're born, you, you look at a baby and you're like, you're excited, but that's it, right? But when you die, as we celebrated the life of Kareem here about a week ago, we celebrated his life. It was 23 years, but it wasn't one day. We talked about all the things and listen, that young man, you know, somebody, one of his cousins stood up and said he was 23, but he acted like he was 43. And see, wisdom sees farther. A lot of times, here's what we do, is we, we just want to see the writing on, on our hand right in front of us. And what we need to understand is wisdom sees farther. We need to think things through, folks, and use wisdom. Look at the second thing. Wisdom is, another quality is wisdom not only sees farther, but wisdom thinks deeper. It, it thinks deeper. Uh, so many people today in their, in their thoughts, uh, they don't think deep enough. And I want you to look in chapter number seven, look at verse number two. He says, it's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It's better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the songs of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of a fool. This also is vanity. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad. And a gift destroyeth the heart. Now, when you read these verses, you think to yourself, well, how can sorrow be better than laughter? Uh, all the, some of these negatives that are here. But the key phrase in those verses that I just read that Solomon wants us to get a hold of is this. Look at the phrase. 
The heart is made better. The heart is made better. That, that, this passage, really what it's doing is it's contrasting things. You look at those verses, it's contrasting one thing with the other. And what he's contrasting here is what feels better against what makes us better. Now look, a lot of people, they live their lives. That's what church is for some people. It's to make them feel better. I'm not interested in feeling better. I, I want God to change me. Uh, and wisdom says, I want the Lord to work in my life. And so what these verses are teaching is what develops and shapes our inner being. I'm not interested in God just being a surface Christian. I want God to go deeper in my life. I want God to work in my heart. Look, everyone wants a better heart, but many times people aren't willing to do what it takes to have a better heart. Look at this, these verses. You, you know Psalm 37, 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Now that means you have to and I have to use wisdom to commit our way unto God. Are you willing to go deeper? See, we, we seem to grow more in our lives during the tough times, the hardships. Do you ever see... You ever notice that? I mean, a lot of times we, we struggle when we go through difficult times, but, you know, I got to thinking about that. When I was in school all those years, you know the teachers looking back that I learned the most from were the ones that were the hardest on me, the ones that challenged me. Those teachers that everybody loved because they never gave homework, uh, they were everybody's friend. You, oftentimes you never learned anything. My football coach, I played for the same guy, uh, Coach Dorsey, Dorsey Hale, for four, four years I played for this guy. We were 23-0-1 in four years. That guy, I was seven years old, Brother Tim, and I was playing the offensive line as a seven-year-old, and, and he gave us the playbook. It had 100 plays in it. I was seven. And, and I'll never forget, every time, and I'm not making this up, every time I missed a block, he would say, take off for a lap. Now, you know what a lap was? A lap was there was a four-by-four four post that by the time you ran from where we practiced to that post and back, it was almost a mile. I was seven. And if he looked, because they kept practicing while you were running. And if, if, if he looked over and he saw you walking for part of that, when you got back, you took off again. Now, that helped me. You know, a lot of times you think about those hardships. Listen, I, I've understood that with God, you know what hardships do? They, they strengthen us. They shape us with the grace of God. Look what Paul says to Timothy. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. See, wisdom causes us, Solomon says, to view down days as developing days. Those, those difficult times, the hardships in our lives, you know what they do? They develop us. Uh, Brother Paul Gaither that sits over here on Sundays, Brother Paul, right before the hurricane, he gave my wife a book and he said, hey, listen, if you and your husband like to read this book, he said, you're more than welcome to. And my wife asked him a little bit about it. It wasn't a big book. He's, and I noticed on the front cover, it said, by, and the last name was Gaither. And I, I said to him, I uh, said to my wife, I said, who is this? And she said, this is his uncle. And his uncle was in the Vietnam War. He was, he was a fighter pilot, got shot down over Vietnam. 
got captured and every one of these men that they moved from one prison camp to another to another for seven years, every one of these men had an IQ of 137 or higher. It was an amazing book, but listen, it wasn't just a bunch of fiction. It was a true account of what these men went through. And that's why it just bothers me to no end when people want to burn our flag or, or, or not stand for the national anthem. I'm, uh, listen, folks, I'm going to tell you something. When you see something like this, it's important for us to understand, just like Matthew Henry said. He said, that is best for us, which is best for our souls, by which the heart is made better, though it be unpleasing to sense. He's saying here that wisdom helps us. It develops us during these difficult times. Wisdom thinks deeper. A great heart is forged on the anvil of deep hardship. And so one of the things that Solomon's saying is, look, I, I, I realize that some days are going to be difficult days, but wisdom sees farther. It thinks deeper. Look at number three, wisdom waits longer. Now, this is, to me, you know, it takes wisdom sometimes to have patience. Uh, look at what it says here in verse number eight. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patience in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Say not thou, what is the cause that thou for, the former days are better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. See, he's talking about patience here. And what patience does is patience chooses to exhale instead of to explode. Patience is something that we need wisdom to, to be patient, to act deliberately, and to act with intention. Wisdom will tell you that the long road is better than the short road. Now, what do people want nowadays? They want, they want shortcuts. You know, how can I get this done? And a lot of times those shortcuts turn out to be, I've seen so many people in the in, in construction industry and other things where they take shortcuts doing this, doing that, and it ends up costing them more money in the long run. And see, wisdom says, look, I, I think what we need to do is we need to be patient. We need to take the long road. Look at Isaiah said, they that wait upon the Lord. There's that patience. If you wait, look at you shall renew your strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run, uh, run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, wisdom considers the outcomes more than the options. I'm looking to see the end of this thing, and I need wisdom. I need to be patient. Wisdom waits longer. But look at Solomon gives a fourth quality. Wisdom surrenders sooner. How many times do we want things our way, you know? And we hold on to bitterness, we hold on to things. Look at verse 13. Consider the work of God, he says, for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked? In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider God also hath set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. So here's what he's saying is, is that, it, look, the, the sooner we understand this, the better, that it's God's business and it's not our business. God, why is, it, why is this guy allowed to do this and I can't do this at all? It, that's the way we get many times. 
And we need to have the wisdom to realize that it's God's business and God doesn't have to answer to us because he's God. And a lot of times we think, well, Lord, I just don't understand this. Yeah, your, your point is what? You know, you, yeah, you don't understand it, but God is going to do that which he chooses to do. And the lack of answers, you know what they should do? They should drive us to the one that does have the answers. God, I don't understand this, but you know what? I'm going to ask you for the wisdom to understand it. Many times people, people go, well, I just don't understand the Bible. And then they get around some people who just seem so knowledgeable from the Word of God. Where did that knowledge come from for the Word of God? They spent time in it. And, and what do people want? They want the shortcut. They don't want to spend the time. They don't want to labor. And wisdom says, look, you need to wait longer, but you need to surrender sooner. True wisdom refuses to contend with God. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 4. The Bible says, it, it is written again. Notice this wasn't the first time. And here's what he says. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not tempt. In other words, you should not contend with God. You, you know, not having all the answers is not a reason to not trust God. I'm going to trust God no matter, you know, Job was good with this in his life. Job says, God, he says, although he slay me, I'm not going to curse him. You know, I'm just going to trust God. And yet so many times we, we want to contend against God. Wisdom compels us to cooperate with God. And that's what we need to do is, is, God, give me the wisdom. Even though I don't understand it, I'm just going to trust you in this matter. Look what Luke eleven twenty three 23 says. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth. So Solomon's, t you know what he's describing here? He's describing that the life that you and I have been given, it's been designed by God. And that life is one that keeps us leaning on him. Because in our lives, look, life itself is unstable, but God is stable. And we can always lean on the Lord, and that's what he wants us to see here is wisdom surrenders sooner. God, help me to understand and give me the wisdom, but even when I don't, just help me to trust you and, and surrender sooner. Look at another thing, quality of wisdom. Wisdom lives lighter. Wisdom lives lighter. Look at verse 16. Be not righteous overmuch. Neither make thyself overwise. Why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Be not overmuch wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this. Yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand, for he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. So here he's talking about the wisdom here lives lighter. In other words, the wise person, he understands that, that he himself is not holding all things together. You ever feel like your life's out of control? <laughs> like, like, you know, just everything's spinning out of orbit. I, I don't know what I'm going to do next. You know, that, that, uh, I talked about this last week with the box, is, is that there's a limit to what we can handle in our lives. And guess what? God knows what we can handle. And many times we try to take on too much. We overburden ourselves. And in a sense, what we're doing is we are destroying ourselves. And we have to have the wisdom to see that, that a lot of people just think that they're too smart, that they, they think, well, listen, I can do this, I can do this, and I can do this. Can I remind you of a verse in Romans 1, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools? Here's what they do. They'll say, listen, I'm just going to, I don't need anyone's help. In other words, I'm going to go it alone. 
Folks, that, that's, that's one of the values of being a Christian and having a church, is you're not alone. You don't have to go it alone. Uh, I love the fact that we can pray for one another, we can help one another, and so what does wisdom do? It lives lighter. See, we are the ones that are destroying ourselves because we're pushing ourselves so hard. But remember what God said. He says that when we're weak, He is strong, that His grace is sufficient. Wisdom is realizing that God created you. Now listen, He created you to run your own race. And He created you to run your own race at a pace that is sustainable to you. In other words, look, I, I'm, I, I'm not running alongside of Richard Pistoia going, hey, listen, uh, I need to run my race faster than him. I need to be better in my race than he's in his race. No, 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 I just need to realize this is my race. I need to keep my eyes on the prize, uh, and, and it'll help me to live lighter. It'll help me to understand wisdom is something that I need as I run my race, but what we do is we load ourselves down. And heavy loads, what, what do they do? They destroy us. But you know what wisdom does? Wisdom delivers us. You know, the, all those heavy loads, we've got to decide. I mentioned last week, again, how God doesn't, God doesn't want us to burden ourselves down. God doesn't ask for us to have an outrageous performance in our lives, nor does God say, look, you don't have to do anything at all. You know what God does? God finds himself right in the middle with that. Look what the Bible says there in Philippians 4, 5. It says, let your moderation be known unto all men. What is he saying? That wisdom is a life that is a controlled life. It's a life that is, that is governed by the Holy Spirit of God. So wisdom lives lighter. Look at the next one that he gives here, quality. Wisdom forgives faster. Boy, how many of us can learn this lesson? Uh, look at verse number 19. He says here, wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than 10 mighty men which are in the city. For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Also take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. For oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise have cursed others. And so here he's talking about the fact that many times when we deal with things that we need to be men and women like the Lord Jesus Christ and have the wisdom to forgive. Proverbs eleven twelve. He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. You know, one thing I've learned about people a long time ago when I was a kid was this, that people are exceptional sinners. <laughs> I mean, people are very good at sinning. But you know, because we are exceptional sinners, guess what? We need to be exceptional forgivers. We need to be able to forgive other people. Yes, sir. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, I mean, look at the verse here. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And here's the example, as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So 
you know, again, like you're saying, Robert, wisdom is, is something that refuses to be weighed down by even idle words that were misspoken. And that's a lot of times what it is. is it's, it's a misspoken. And, and so I, I have it right here. This is my words. Wisdom enables us to let it go and to move on. You know, my children say to me sometimes whenever I kind of get in one of those dad's modes, they kind of look at me and, and they say it as respectful as they can. They'll just say to me, let it go, you know, and I'm like, be careful, you know, so, but, but that's what we need to do. Like Robert said is, is that we, wisdom forgives, but it doesn't just forgive, it forgives faster. You think about how much more would be accomplished in this world if we would just be Christians who learn to forgive faster, and we, we can do that through wisdom. Two last things here, look at number seven, wisdom and other quality exceeds measure. And when you think about this, the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 16, how much better is it to get wisdom than to get gold, to get understanding rather than to be, chose, uh, rather be chosen than silver? And so when you, when you think about this, it was hard. When you look at the, the verses here, and look at verse 23 in chapter 7, Solomon writes, All this have I proved by wisdom. I said and I will be wise, but it was, notice, far from me. That which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? I applied my heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. Notice again the statement here. He says, uh, he says I, I, I was just struggling to, to understand it. And, and it was beyond wisdom is something that wisdom is infinite. Uh, wisdom can't be contained. But I'll tell you this, look here, even though we can't... Uh, uh, contain wisdom, we can obtain wisdom. Uh, wisdom comes from God. And so even in our minds, many times, it's something that exceeds measure. And we need to understand that it's something that all of us need. And we need to ask God for it. And then look at the last quality is, and this is interesting, wisdom, he says in verse 27, 8, 9, wisdom graces fewer. In other words, uh, boy, I wish there was more wise people. I wish I was more wise at times in my life. But, but again, the Bible says here that it's a rare thing. Solomon's final observation about wisdom is, is that not many people, you know, as a kid growing up, I, I used to always think, and I don't know where I got it from, that if somebody was gray-headed, that they were a wise person. And then I realized, I got around some older folks, and I thought, I don't think that's really true, you know. But then I also found that there are some people that are younger, uh, that are wise beyond their years. And, and again, it's a rare thing. Solomon makes this observation. Look at Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1. He says, you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Uh, Solomon is mentioning here in these verses at, towards the end of his observations about wisdom. He says that, that men are about one in a thousand. And the reason is because most people forsake wisdom. That's what they do. I mean, God offers it freely. Remember, he, he gave it to all men liberally. But listen, I don't want God's wisdom. I want to do things my way. I think I know better than God. You see how foolish that, that, that train of thought is. And, and the Bible says in Proverbs 4, 6, look at this, forsake her not, talking about wisdom. Don't forsake wisdom. She shall preserve thee. Love her. Love wisdom and she shall keep thee. Now, folks, to find wisdom, and then not only to find it, but to act on it, requires courage. 
It requires faith. It requires that you and I have a determination that, look, I'm going to seek wisdom. And just like if you were going to go you know, on a, on a hunt looking for some gold, you ever see those people walk around with what's it called? A, is it called a Geiger counter? Is that what that's called? Uh, those metal detectors? You guys ever seen one of those? And sometimes we go down to the beach and I see people down there walking around with those things. And they're out there for days and days. And, and you know, they find bottle caps and this and that. I mean, most of what they find is just, just junk. Now, occasionally they might find something nice. They might find some hidden treasure. I don't know. But look, folks, that's exactly. We need to seek out wisdom. We need God's wisdom. Wisdom, you know what it will do? It'll clarify our priorities. A lot of times we don't know, what should I be doing? What should be the main priorities in my life? What are those things that I mentioned last week that we should be putting in the box known as our life and what things shouldn't be in there? Wisdom will stabilize our heart. You know, there's a lot of unrest, but when we have wisdom, it stabilizes our heart and wisdom will sustain our pace as we're going through life Wisdom will help us to keep a consistent pace. You ever seen Christians that are hot and cold, they're up and down, they're here today and they're gone tomorrow, they're in church and, and they're, you know, praise God, amen, and then the next week, where are they at? You know, and what wisdom does is it helps us to sustain a healthy pace. So look, this, this courageous decision that God's asking you to make is this, is it's time to seek wisdom. Will you seek God's wisdom? Uh, the simple question tonight was this, got wisdom? Uh, listen, I have been blessed. God's, God's given me wisdom in some areas, but can I tell you that every day I, I lack wisdom from God? And every day we need to ask God for more and more wisdom. And I just put a little thing here, Lord, I'm choosing wisdom that I might make wise choices. Give me the ability to see what you see that I might do what you would in the circumstances of my life. Remember what I told you earlier, God always knows best for our lives. And so let's make some wise, courageous decisions. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for this uh, study of wisdom. Lord, even though we've gone through it, I pray that many would take an opportunity to go back over and search out the scriptures to look in the Word of God, to find the wisdom that only comes from above. Lord, help us to be men and women that, that are wise in our decisions. Lord, help us to not make rash decisions. And Lord, I pray in the days ahead that you give us wisdom in some areas that we'll talk about even this coming Sunday. Lord, that we can, we can be a blessing to people, but we need your wisdom. As a church, we want to be a lighthouse in this community, but we need your wisdom. And as Christians, every day that we live and the people that we meet, we, we want to be a witness. We want to talk to them. Many times we don't know what to say or we're asked things and we don't know how to respond. We need your wisdom. And Lord, help us to be uh, people that would forgive when people wrong us, that we wouldn't hold it all in and expect somebody to do for us or forgive us, but that we would forgive them as Jesus forgave others. Now, Lord, again, thank you for this opportunity tonight. Pray that something from your word was an encouragement and a blessing. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we leave to be, be all that you want us to be this week. In Jesus' name, amen.